What's up, everyone? This week on the pod, we are talking lots of hardcore, so stay tuned for that. Please support the podcast by subscribing to it wherever you listen to it. Also, share it on social media. Tell your friends. You know what to do. You can go to the website, 185milesouth.com. All our links are up there, as well as there is a playlist for every episode, so you can listen to the music that we are talking about. Also, while you're there, smash that Patreon button. The Patreons are the people that keep this podcast alive, and I love all of them. Let's get on with the pod. One hundred and eighty-five miles south, a hardcore punk rock podcast. First, the challenger fighting out of the hard corner. Coming off two back-to-back losses to Alcatraz, this warrior stands unbroken and vows tonight will be his night of redemption. From Chula Vista, California, it's Rob Swamp Thing Moran! And his opponent, fighting out of the core corner, from parts unknown, Weight unknown. Reason he didn't pick minor threat in the straight edge Super 7, unknown. It is the reigning, defending, undisputed 185 miles south trivia champion of the world, Daniel. These questions are too easy. Sant! Alright, first question goes to Rob Moran. Rob, what? A booing already? Is the <laughs> the digital peanut gallery? <laughs> the champ is throwing the thumb in the eye out the gate. Oh my so God, that? a rake a rake of the eyes already. I've got the Mr. <laughs> I'm the Mr. Fuji throwing salt in your eyes. <laughs> uh, Rob, what is, the yes, first, what is the first non-seven inch release on Discord Records? The first non-seven inch. Oh yeah. Jesus. The first LP. Well, Oh God! (laughs) Gotta be, gotta be minor threat, right? You go to Daniel for the possible steal. Dan, what is the first (laughs) non-seven-inch release on Discord Records? Uh, The thing that came to my mind is one of two things. It could either be the four first seven inches put together on that twelve-inch, or flex your head, and I am. Gonna go with the four seven inch comp. No points this round. It is a, <laughs> it is a flexor head compilation. Oh, oh my god. I'm gonna jump out. Oh the hey Ronnie, hey Ronnie. All right. And here's one that'll make you feel good. Okay, on the token entry album Jaybird, what bird is depicted on the front cover? What genus does it belong to? And what are the two <laughs> subspecies of this bird? Okay, it's a vulture. Um, and the genus is Vulturus Cananus. <laughs> I 
don't know. <laughs> a dog vulture? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, it's a bald eagle. And it's uh, a bald eagle, and the uh, the genus is, oh, let's see, Heliatitus. H I Leocophophallus is the one that's found in California and Baja. And H I Washingtoniasis is found in the Pacific Northwest, Canada, and Alaska. How about oh, that? Would, would that bald eagle be actually found in Washington? Is that what you're saying? Yes, believe it or not. <laughs> it's found in Washington on my flag. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Daniel, here's your first real question. Prior to starting the Wipers, Greg Sage played in this band fronted by a Portland pro wrestler. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm trying to think of any bands that had wrestlers. <laughs> uh, Cactus Jack and the Whack Attack. <laughs> Noble effort, but we go to Rob for the potential steal. Rob, prior to starting the Wipers, Greg Sage played in this band fronted by a Portland pro wrestler. Oh, jeez. I, I have no idea. I don't know. The Whippers? <laughs> Beauregard. Yeah. What? Beauregard. B-E-A-U-R. Oh, Beauregard? Yeah. Well, I Dude, think that bogus that. regard. Yeah. yeah, it got re-released recently, and so I thought it was. I thought that was in the. I don't know. I thought you would know that. My bad, Daniel. <laughs> You're a big white yeah, again, yeah, again, the submarine is under the water, shooting those torpedoes this way. <laughs> Actually, I think we're we're uh, all tied up. Okay. Yeah, it's all zero zero. <laughs> That's right. Zero point point zero. zero. <laughs> Here we go. All right, Rob, with round number two. In the song Stabbed in the Back by Youth of Today, singer Ray Capo recalls all the shit you said. He guesses that it was all just a bunch of what? Fuck, I don't fucking know. (laughs) It's all all a bunch of lies. (laughs) Point to Rob. There we go. Yep. Lies slash fucking lies. Either one we would have taken. There you go. Okay, Daniel, we go to you for your second question. The first Descendants LP is titled Milo Goes to College. What college did Milo leave the Descendants to attend? Uh, Put that phone down. I don't know. It's science. (laughs) Something science. (laughs) I just don't know. I watched Film Age not that long ago as well. Um, well, I'm just going to take a random guess and say Harvard. We go to Rob. Potential steal. Uh, I'm going to say because I recall um, there being a lot of all stuff going on and descendant stuff going on in San Diego at the time. So I'm going to say UCSD. Point to Rob. Yes. This is this is this is malarkey and hokum. And I'm just I'm just old enough to remember when he was supposed. I never saw him at UCSD, but I remember hearing the the myth that Milo was at UCSD. They should have studying. called the LP Milo mm-hmm. goes to the Che Cafe. He, he probably did. And how do you get upset over a steal? It means Milo, 
it means that the question was answerable. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> for me, Milo goes to the Porter's pub. I'm, Milo goes to science camp. So. Yeah, what, yeah. Okay, you go to Rob for his question number three. Rob, true or false, the person on the cover of the black spot Check out the helmet seven inch that came out on Workshed Records in 1992 as a goatee. Uh, true, wasn't it? Greg Brown on the cover. We go to Daniel for the potential steal. Daniel, oh. true or false? The person <laughs> on the cover of the Black Spot. Check out the helmet seven inch that came out on Workshed Records in 1992 has a goatee. I'm going to say no, he doesn't. But he was the <laughs> only person in 1992 that didn't have a goatee. <laughs> Daniel. Now, I don't think I did either, but it was only because I was just starting to go through puberty. How about that? I did thought it was. Cubes? It's isn't that Marlon Brando from um, Apocalypse Now? Isn't no, we, that talk, a... we talked about this when uh, when we wrote the question, Ben, way back, didn't we? <laughs> did we? <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm senile because it really does look like Marlon Brando in in Apocalypse Now. Right, but it's not. It's like <laughs> does Marlon Brando tell uh, Martin Sheen, "Hey, check out the helmet." <laughs> <laughs> I believe the he horror. does. The horror in the director's cut. Yeah. <laughs> Funny, you should ask. Okay, Dan, we go to you for your question number three. In the Floor Punch song "Let It Ride," where are they going on Saturday night? AC. Point to the champ. Okay, and we go back to Rob for round number four. Rob, true or false? On the no for an answer, you laugh seven inch. The people depicted on both the front and back cover have X's on their hands. Ooh, on the front and back. I know for sure the front has an X on the hand. I have no recollection of the back cover, so I'm going to say they were super straight edge at the time so i'm going to say yes on the back but i know for a fact the front has an x we go to daniel uh, for the potential steal daniel true or false (laughs) on the no for an answer you laugh seven inch the people depicted on both the front and back cover have x's on their hands i'm gonna say no and that is shameful of no for an answer they should have x'd up people on both sides of the record yeah we should have done this as like a half point question because Rob, you got it right. The, on the front cover, yes, there is, and on the back cover, Dana Mahoney is not X'd up. Uh, when will it end? Okay. Okay, Dan, we go to you for your question number four. What is New Age Records number one? Oh, I know that one. Oh, God, uh, we. Well, it's not. <laughs> Number one is. You knew this was coming after getting the Nemesis number one question. No, I didn't. But I'm going to start researching all record label number ones from now on. I'm getting. <laughs> um, oh, God. You guys are just. Uh, I'm just going to guess and say. It's one of the old things up front. We got to rob for the potential steal. Rob, what's proud? Oh, oh there it is. of course, of course. Walk proud, be yourself, seven inch. 
But the real winner is listeners of the podcast, because now we know that Dan is not Googling the answers. (laughs) True. So, okay, Rob, we go to you for question number five. What kind of justice does Sick of It All discuss on the fourth track of their 1987 7-inch on Revelation Records? Uh, Street Justice? We go to Daniel for the potential steal. Dan, what kind of justice... Wrong band. (laughs) (laughs) Dan, what kind of justice Sick of It All discuss on the fourth track of their 1987 7-inch on Revelation Records? Um... Oh, <laughs> it's either it's either Blind Justice or Rat Pack, uh, or the Injustice System. I t- oh God, the <sighs> Blind Justice. It's actually bullshit justice. Yeah, <laughs> hard one, hard one. My bad. Yeah. Okay, we go to Dan for his question number five. Now, Dan. The pre-song sample at the beginning of Madball's Set It Off is A, 30 seconds, B, 40 seconds, C, 50 seconds, or D, 60 seconds. It's either 50 or 60. (laughs) What color is the mohawk on Bunk Bites? Well, it's either 50 or 60 because it's long as fuck. And are we including, we don't think it, we just take it. Um, I'm going 50 seconds. Point to the champ. Yes. How about that? Narrowly avoiding the blue mohawk situation. I know. (laughs) Totally. Okay, Rob, true or false? The first battalion of St. Seven Inch fighting boys predates Ric Flair's victory over Harley Race at the first Starcade. Oh, my God. Well, I know when the stock Well, wasn't I'm trying to think? Wasn't Fighting Boys a 12 inch as well? With yeah, Mad Fight- Mark Rude cover. Fighting Boys 12 inch. Oh, 12 inch. You said seven inch. Oh, my bad. I'm an idiot. We so, need most people. Oh, okay. look at Rob coming through. I know half a point for the correction. <laughs> uh, shit. I um, I'm going to say yes. It predates it. Point to Rob. Fighting Boys, 12-inch, 1982. Starcade, 83. Yep, November yeah. 24th, 1983. I just yeah, watched that uh, Ric Flair like, getting his robe back episode where they talk about Starcade and the and the special robe for that. Yeah, yeah, because I remember the Starcade. I thought it was going to be 84, 85 was that Starcade, but I knew that Fighting Boys, 12-inch was like 82, 83, something like that. So, All right, anyway. There we go. Damn, so does that mean I get a point and a half? Do I get a point and a half? You should. In your like, dreams. In your dreams, punk. Well, circling back to uh, <laughs> question number five, uh, it's bullshit justice. You should have gotten 1.5, but you're just getting uh, one. And Ben, 1.5. Motherfucker. <laughs> See, uh, that's the whole reason. I was trying to tie in the 1.5 blog. <laughs> Booyah. <laughs> All right, Dan, question number six. What? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is worded whack. Okay. Oh, God. Oh, no, no, no. Oh. You got this. You got this. What is the name of the guy in the No Effects song who spent 16 years getting loaded until his liver exploded? 
Bob. Point to the champ. I wrote it with who instead of what. Well, I knew you were a sellout, Daniel. Hey, he spent 15 years getting loaded, 15 years till his liver exploded. Now, what is Bob going to do now that he can't drink? Bob went edge, dude. Um, but, Dan, we got to take a half point off because you just sang it with 15 years and it's 16 years. <laughs> oh, well, um, then Rob, my, ed- my edge is secure. Okay, I take the blame on all the questions up until this. This is a Ben question, so Rob, get mad at him. Okay, mm-hmm. who played guitar on the 1984 Seven Seconds album, The Crew? Uh, was it uh, Posniak? Point to Rob and No Anger directed toward Bedge. How about that? No Anger because it's, it's Rob's a, favorite band ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great question. Yeah. You know his first name? Uh, Dan. You got it. Bam. Yeah. Should have gotten two points, but bullshit justice. Okay, Dan. <laughs> I know. <laughs> street justice. As soon as I said it, I was like, oh, fuck, wrong band. <laughs> yeah. I know. Well, it's hard one in hardcore, right? Because there's street justice, there's blind justice, <laughs> bullshit justice, like whatever. There's justice, mm-hmm. one of the great models. There's a lot of justice there. going on. <laughs> yeah. What's up? Okay, Dan, we're going to wrap it up. You're number seven. The Dead Kennedys LP Frankenchrist featured members of this club on the cover riding in miniature cars. The Shriners Club. Point to the champ. Yeah. And Bedge, we got to go to you for the final tally. All right. Rob has f- five points, and the reigning champion, Dan Sant, has six points. Dan oh, remains wow. the champion. Does that mean I now own Heartwork Coffee Bar? Weren't we putting up uh, pink slips for businesses? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, yes. I, yeah, you guys really no sold me on that to make it sound just as awkward as shit joke as it was. <laughs> no, that was that was the point. <laughs> Damn, you just were uh, being defeated. You're still the champ. How about that? I know. I love it. Even though my 1.5 was taken away. And you should have lost some points, but we'll we'll leave it at that. You know Dan Posniak's name. You should have won this. True. (laughs) True. What's up, everyone? This week on the pod, we are talking hardcore, helping out. You know him. You love him. He is the best dressed man on the pod. It's Daniel Sant. What's up, Dan? Hello, listeners. Welcome to my sartorial experience. (laughs) (laughs) also helping out it is the mighty mighty posse chris what's up chris hey welcome to dan's sartorial experience that is right (laughs) dude what does that mean man sartorial is like talking about fashion and stuff ah how about that we're here to learn people so what's up all right chris you wanted to kind of just do a state of the union what's going on and what we're excited about and so forth so what's going on dude uh, I mean, what's going on with me or just what's going on in general? I think no hardcore, think, dude. We're all hardcore all the time. Yeah, I think so. I, I haven't been to any shows yet. Uh, you know, I kind of made a personal decision. I didn't want to attend any until after the summer just to, you know, make sure extra. Yeah, it was just a personal decision for me, you know. Um, but that said, I've been tracking you know, all these shows super closely, um, you know, watching, watching the YouTubes, uh, like cheering on friends that are, you know, getting back at it. And, uh, I don't know. 
I think it'd be cool to just kind of talk a little bit about some of those, you know, I think, I think the first one I'll bring up is, uh, you know, when first, when shows first started coming back, it seemed like, like that first wave, the shows were so massive that they weren't even like hardcore shows. They were kind of like circus side shows or like spectacles, um, which, which is awesome. But like, it's also kind of cool to see. So like Scal and Zulu just did that, you know, that week or so around the Southwest, which I thought was really cool because, you know, there've been a few shows in California popping off and, you know, here's these two bands from California that are like, Hey, we want to take this to some places where, you know, people are really starving for this. And, and, you know, we just want to go there and do it. And, and, it's been cool to kind of follow those two bands as they go through like Arizona and Utah and Colorado, New Mexico. Um, and the shows look like a blast. Um, one of, um, the Denver show, uh, FOM played. Um, and the singer cat's a good friend of mine, uh, lives in Tacoma. Uh, but they're a Denver based band. So, you know, she, she flew down for that show like the day of, and I was kind of watching this on social as it was happening, but her flight got delayed and this was, you know, their record release show, like their first show back from COVID. And she didn't even know if she was gonna be able to make it in time because her flight got delayed. So like, it was kind of fun and, and scary, like following her on, on Instagram, you know, just like updates. Okay. I'm on a different plane now. And <laughs> ETA is like eight thirty. I hope I make it. You know, it was just kind of like one of those fun things where, like, you just put yourself in her shoes and like feel for her and really root for her and like you know her band that they're able to do this thing that they've been looking forward to doing for you know over a year and a half. Um, so she was able to make it and like it was really cool to see like all the videos of their set from that show and just like um, put myself in, in her shoes as like, you know, we've all been there where we have a show and something traumatic happens before the show or like van problems or like, you know, just something happens and, and you overcome all this adversity to get to the show and you get there and it's just like perfect. And like, I just, I don't know. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Super cool. And also just super rad to be, you know, the first couple of bands to go hit the road. Cause you're right. The first shows back have been awesome, like huge spectacles, but it comes down to the bands that are taking it out to the people. Right. And mm-hmm. it's sick for them to get out there like that. And it's a nice little Southwest run, you know, doing this podcast and talking to all the Nardcore bands. Um, it's interesting because they used to kind of always do that route. And, I never did with my bands. You know, it's always, I felt like in our era, it was like, you do the West coast. Right. Mm-hmm. And then Texas was so good that we went out there once just to like do Texas because it's like, well, it's just as close as going to Seattle, you know? And there's three good shows waiting for us there. We're like, you know, Seattle was good before. And then Portland, like never really had the hardcore thing going, at least in our lane, you know? Mm-hmm. And then it's a long ways from Portland to the Bay. Yeah, for sure. You know, so going to New Texas was ill, but yeah, that little Southwest route was like a big thing in the eighties. And so I got kind of nostalgic seeing that route from them. Super ill. The, um, what about the white fragility on the Zulu t-shirt post? 
though so sick i mean not not the fragility being sick but like it's sick that they did that you know like it's you know obviously this world and this hardcore scene still has some issues with you know racism whether systematic or you know overt and dan and, bring us up to speed the people yeah, that yeah, don't bring- know well Zulu posted a, a really cool merch drop and the back of their shirt say abolish white hardcore. Now, you know, <laughs> it's a strong statement and it's, you know, who, who knows what the entire meaning is, but it's pretty straightforward. Um, people couldn't handle it. It seems a lot of the people in the comments are, you know, are probably the same, the equivalent of attempting to say something cool and getting sidetracked and coming off all lives matter ish. Mm-hmm. Anyway, there was just a lot of like crybaby, crybaby people that are like, you know, not understanding. It's about smashing down like lots of stuff within the world we live in as well as in the world we don't want to participate in, you know? So I think it's a, a pretty strong, like, fuck yeah message. And I think the, uh, the crybabies have a lot of growing to do and, and maybe put themselves in somebody else's shoes for once. Yeah. I mean, it's nice to address that elephant in the room. Right. And a lot of hardcore has always been like mostly white, mostly males, you know, which is why it's so rad, like the current times of hardcore that so many different people are involved, you know, more so than any other time in the past, I think, um, you know, I'm again, I'm fortunate coming from a town like Oxnard where it is very multicultural, you know, but if you look at like a lot of the popular bands throughout hardcore's history, it's been white male. So it's, it's fun to see someone knock it down and trigger people. Right. Like, that's what it's all about. Like, fuck it. I don't know. Not, not only yeah. that, but but like some of the the backlash that right, maybe not maybe not even backlash, but like the sensitivity and um, <laughs> I don't know what the term is. The butt hurtness. Uh, <laughs> 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 would be the Webster uh, terminology. I think like some of that just goes to show, like, yeah, this is why these conversations are important. Like. If you're offended, if you're a white person that, that is offended by a shirt that says abolish white hardcore, like you need to kind of take a step back and look at why you're offended by that and, and kind of the, the, you know, power structures in place that I guess put you in a situation where you're so secure in your bubble of, you know, male, white, you know, hetero reality. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an abrasive shirt, but that's the point, right? Like a t-shirt slogan is not like the place for nuance, you know? And I I think that there's a lot of conversations to be had, you know? But the problem with a lot of modern conversation is there isn't nuance, and we're talking with shirt slogans, right? And on on social posts. Right. And so I think that it's, it's cool. It's a conversation starter but don't let it like start and end with the t-shirt. Right. And people getting offended, especially, you know, the people that probably were offended by that, like 
a, a little shaking up of those people is is healthy, I think. Yeah, and also that's not to say that someone can come back with something valid to say, you know, against it, but make sure you completely understand what the sentiment is first. Do you know what I mean? Not like, you know, there can be a lot more conversations going on, which is great, but yeah, just crying on on the internet or like, that's it, I'm not supporting you anymore. (laughs) Fuck off. Yeah, I mean, like, look, I'm a white dude that's in the greatest hardcore band on Earth, so what's up? I'm not apologizing for it, but Zulu rips, dude. That last video they did was so ill, and, like, dude, all their all output has been awesome. Down. Yeah, all their all output their has been awesome. Like, I love them. I'm rooting for them, so that's what's up with that. Oh, um, yeah. I did go to – I saw the Dead Heat show. There was, like, the July 4th weekend, which was out of this world, ill. All the bands killed – and Retali is playing our first show back September 18th at the OPAC. So everyone, I know what you're doing that night. If you're not in the Pacific Northwest, because Chris, you're playing that weekend too, right? Yeah, it's a good night for uh, first shows back. Yeah, We're playing yeah. September 18th in Tacoma, Washington at Just Another Gig, which is uh, one of the guys from Rainfest is a series of shows that he's doing. and And the idea is like, Everyone's always saying, Hey, bring back Rainfest, bring back Rainfest. And, and his thing is, No, I'm just going to book awesome gigs. And that's what this is just another gig, you know? So that's so cool. How do you feel about like coming back and playing? Like, are you worried you're going to eat your dick on stage or what? Hell no, man. <laughs> you just get a shred. Oh, <laughs> yeah, man. I love I'm ready. It. I'm so I ready. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm excited too. I can't wait. Um, it is going to be weird having people spit in my face after like a couple years, but <laughs> hey, you only live once, dude. YOLO. What's up, Dan? No, that's why you've got to perfect that long arm mic time. That's true. I Although could they spit on the mic and then you put it right to your mouth. Yeah. You know. I'm, I'm going to use one of those like clown noses on the microphone and pluck it off when I pass the mic and then put it back on when I'm singing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, you know, I feel after going to Tsunami Drain Gulch plus working, you know, with the public for ages and, and then I've recently been DJing in person again, but those have been in very extremely safe conditions. I feel, you know, the majority of the people that we are going to be socializing with in these spaces are going to be like-minded and caring for others and making sure that they're taken care of as well. And I think the people that potentially are entering the space that don't feel like that, they're the ones who are inversely so much more at risk than any of you know us. So everyone just be safe and, you know, Let's have fun. Like we can't, we, you know, we can't stay inside for the rest of our lives. Yeah, you know, before we came on the air, Chris, I think you asked me if I went to the Mind Force show last weekend. Mind Force played with Dead Heat up in uh, yeah, at the Chain Reaction in, in Ingrown and No Right. That's right, in Ingrown, which we're going to talk about later. I did not go because I've been going to Mexico like almost every other weekend now, which has been so fun because I didn't go and like the whole time that I was, you know, during COVID and before I got vaxxed. And so 
it's been fun to go. Plus I have friends there and, and I miss them dearly. And the border has still been closed for, you know, people that have visas. So they're not able to visit here. So I go there, you know, and it, it's been interesting seeing the difference between the way that people in Mexico and America are treating COVID. Like there, just everyone, when you go inside, you put a mask on and I haven't seen one person complain, you know, or, or act like crazy. It's just it's like, let's, you get on with our, let's get on with our lives and let's do this thing. You know, I was going to say, because you probably aren't in the places where the American tourists are with like the American flag shorts who are. (laughs) That's a good point. That's a good point. Because like, I'll go to a bar like that once and be like, oh, there's too many Americans here. Like, and never go again, you know, mostly just because like, I want to chill. And, you know, when you're around other people and you hear them talking and it feels like every American down there talks extra loud, you know, like it's impossible to tune them out. Right. And my Spanish is like poor enough that when people are having like friend to friend conversations, you know, to my simple brain, like it feels like they're speaking really fast. And so it's hard for me to understand what they're saying, which is nice because I can relax and not feel like I'm eavesdropping or anything, you know. But anyway, that's why I didn't go to Mind Force. And I missed out because it's probably my favorite band, my current, my favorite current band right now, you know. But I want these tours to come to San Diego and, when things are opening up, you know, they're going to hit the big metro areas, but I can't wait for things to just start rolling again and bands touring and coming through and, and this and that. And that's another show coming up that I'm looking forward to is uh, Take Offense, Dead Heat, I think Section Hate, mm-hmm. and a bunch of other bands that are going to play. Headcount. Yeah, Headcount, yeah. September 17th in uh, San Diego. So Fair. it'll it'll be up on the the 185 Instagram. You can find the information there. So what you do is you go to that show, you enjoy it thoroughly, and then you hot tail it over to the whistle stop for fucking in the bushes. That's right. And then the next morning you wake up early, you head to Oxnard, and uh, come see Retaliate. So what's up? But yeah, anything else you guys are super looking forward to coming down the pipe? Is it coming down the pike? Pipe or coming down the pike? I think both work. Okay, right on. Why not? Sorry, I think the, uh, pike, the pike is like a canal, and then the uh, the pipe is you know Mario coming down the pipe, <laughs> <laughs> or Tony Hawk coming down the half pipe. Uh, a couple other ones. Do you guys uh, do you guys see that that clip that was floating around of Never Ending Game in Detroit? I don't yeah. know if I don't think the full video is up yet, but Sonny from Hate Five Six posted like a little ten second snippet that looked wild <laughs> that band kicks ass dude like you know they've they've put out like the the two songs on the comps which wow were they on both of them the one scene unity and the america's hardcore they, mm-hmm. okay so they were on both and i was like oh my god they got the best song on both comps you know and then they put out the single it's like they can kind of do no wrong like they're killing it and yeah i saw that video look great looks like exactly how it should have looked right yeah, for sure. Another one that I was really psyched on that looked like it was a lot of fun was End It and Shackled went out and played uh, a few shows in the sa- sa- Southern, Mid- whatever, like Louisville and like <laughs> that area is. Uh, but they played with Inclination in Louisville and that show looked like a lot of fun as well. Yeah, we love yeah. Inclination. Yeah, we yeah. love Inclination and also I love End It. Yeah, like those... Cool. That stuff that they've put out so far is so good. It was some of my favorite stuff of, was that 2020 or was it this year? It was last year. Okay. 
I think it came out in like January 2020 then. And so it was kind of yeah. like kind of wild. It got like yeah. pushed out of the conversation a bit, but dude, mm-hmm. it's so good. Like, okay, anyone that listens to this knows I love do that do that do that do that. And they have that one song that starts out with a singer doing like the drum intonation with his with his mouth, and then it kicks in. And I was I heard that and I was like, okay, this is the greatest thing ever. And I'm so mad at myself for not thinking about it first, you know. <laughs> Especially yeah. since you've been doing it for the last 15 years. Oh, I know, I know. I would like to think that I put the uh, the thought out into the spirit world. Maybe he grasped it. He like, germinated uh, your seed. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> but yeah, that's so ill. I love that band, and I think Restraining Order played too. Another band oh, that I love. Sh- I Definitely. don't. I don't think they played Louisville, but I think they played. I think Restraining Order played with the end in Baltimore or somewhere. Around, I don't know. Anyways, all those shows are mixing up, and it, it's just it's so sick to see like videos and and kids having fun and uh, yeah. Twenty nineteen yeah. record of the year alumnus. Yeah, dude. Hardcore rules, dude. So stoked is back, and we're having fun going to shows. I can't wait for all these bands to roll through. You got to come to San Diego so I don't have to go to Orange County or L.A. Well, don't Um, forget, you're coming up north for Powerhouse. That's right. I'm coming up north for Powerhouse, which I believe is in November. Yeah, while I'm in England. Yeah, Dan is scared of the pit, so he's fleeing the country. (laughs) That's right. Who? Scowl's (laughs) on that one too, right? Scowl and Gulch? Scout's on one of the nights. Gulch is on one of the nights. Tsunami's on one of the nights. There's two nights in a row. Yeah. I think it's sick that Powerhouse is playing. I I just think that lineup is sick. You know, like Powerhouse, obviously a band, a dudes that recognize that like, you can't just play with a bunch of other, you know, vets and then have a bunch of vets come out and stand around and watch you. Like you got to, you got to play with those youths and bring out the young kids to stage dive and go crazy and have fun. And I think it's a cool lineup. It looks like a blast. Yeah. They did a great job with the lineup. And then also it's so ill that like the first night sold out. So they added a second night. It's like the yeah, weekend sure. of powerhouse, dude. So sick. Can't wait. I'm going the first night. Everyone come up and say hi to me. If you remember. And uh, yeah, super looking forward to it. And don't, you tra- don't trash me to Zach. Or anyone for not being there. I will be in the motherland and uh, I will be seeing Suede and Jarvis Cocker. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and the girl from the swimming pool. What? What swimming pool? The girl that pooped on your head. Oh, Judith Betts? <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, I don't. Well, I might, I might run into Betsy. You never know. But I will be, uh, I will be, um, you know, hopefully catching maybe a punk or hardcore gig if there is one going while I'm there. Hopefully, you don't get roughed up by uh, Chubby and the Gang for calling him a poser. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> hopefully you don't. doing all that like Muay Thai shit on his like feed now. But I'm I'm actually literally wearing a Chubby and the Gang T-shirt right now. So I was going to say, hopefully, you don't get roughed up by. Uh, by Bordy for outing him for <laughs> I think Bordy is <laughs> wanting the soapbox and he wants to like continually pontificate on who he thinks is a poser and not <laughs> but you know right. what I'm seriously looking forward to that Chubby and the Gang LP Hell yeah! How and they just played a, a wild kind of DIY-ish show in a park in London it looked like yeah with 
the chisel played too. Yeah. Yeah, it looked like Which a lot of fun. Yeah, the, they share Chubby as the member, you know, in both bands. We gotta, we're going to talk that Chisel EP on an upcoming episode, but just real quick, dude. The second song on that 7-inch, good God. It's awesome. It's the first like, one's awesome, too, though. It destroys the first one, though. The, the I, first, I agree. The first one's cool. Like, it's cool. They get they get a little fancy on... What are they adding? Like a piano or something on the, the chorus? Yeah, but the second one, lyrically... The, yeah, well, the second yeah. one just all around is like, yeah. oh my god! Like it could literally sit on like a Cox Bar record, you know. It's well, that's it's the weird. thing. If you if you've got perfect harmonies, blah 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 blah, but then the lyrics are like fucking upper echelon, then it mm-hmm. goes to goat level. Dude, it's one of the greatest songs. Like it's straight up a modern classic. So okay. everyone, check out that that new Chisel. The, and check wanna, out this podcast when we talk about <laughs> talk yeah. about that record. Officially. Maybe we don't have to talk about it, but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, everyone check it out. Okay. Anything else you guys want to say before we wrap up this and go on to talking LPs? Uh, yeah. One thing uh, Dan said he's looking forward to the next Chubby record, which I also am. But I'm also looking forward to my next Curry with Mark Boardman, whenever that'll be. How I'll, about that? I'll have to... Uh, take multiple photos of body eating curry so you can feel like you're virtually there or maybe we'll even whatsapp you live excellent just make sure you don't order a pepsi in front of him i never would i i'd rather eat drink diarrhea than pepsi we all know that dan only eats spotted dick hey it's delicious with custard (laughs) (laughs) how do you do fellow kids what how do you do, fellow kids? What? How do you do, fellow kids? All right, we're going to talk two of the best new LPs that have come out really recently. First one I want to talk about is the Dare record. It is the Against All Odds LP. It came out, I believe, last week on Revelation Records. And uh, Chris, what do you think about this? I think this record is incredible. Uh this is a band that has a band that's always been impressive live um, in the recordings over the years, in my opinion, have gotten closer and closer to capturing that live energy. Like with each release, they get a little bit closer, but like for me, I think this is the record that finally says, all right, play this on your headphones. Like this is what we're about. You know, this is the energy that we bring when we play live and uh, it's it's super cool to see them just like accomplish that because it's hard to do in hardcore, you know, like to have, you know, particularly when you're a, a band that has a lot of energy live, it's hard to capture that energy in the studio. And, and I think this record totally does. Um, sounds awesome. Like the songs are banging. I think one of the things that really impressed me is uh, this angel, the singer's vocals sound so sick on this, like, like next level. Uh, I think they kind of remind me of like the way he phrases a little bit kind of reminds me of like Vitalo a little bit from backtrack. Um, and, and obviously like a little bit of a vocal style cadence as well. But like I was trying to put my finger on there was something that reminded me of something and I, and I couldn't put my finger on it. And, and when I played the song regret, 
it, it, the, the switch, you know, the light bulb went on in my head that he kind of sounds like Bo from Snake Eyes at times and, and Donnie Brook. Uh, and, and I think the reason why that song made it pop for me is because that song kind of reminds me a little bit of the IA song, You're Dead, uh, that Bo sings on. Um, yeah, I think this record is awesome. I think, you know, I don't want to talk too much about different method because I don't want to steal Dan's thunder. But like for me, that's the hit. But like even so, if you took that song off of this record, I think this record is still very strong. And like all, you know, any of the other songs could have just as easily been, you know, the hit. But um, yeah. Yeah, it is hard to nail down the vocals. I love them because they're so shredded. And it's like one of those things where, you know, it's brutal. Like it's not like a pleasing to the ear thing to like common folk. Yeah. But it sounds so good. It sounds like, gnarly. Yeah. It sounds gnarly and shredded, but not all the way like West style. It's like, it's got its own like flavor. It's so ill. I love this record. I think it's the best thing on revelation since past our means, um, which is saying a lot. Cause there's been a lot of good stuff on rev, right? The down to nothing, the in my eyes, the nerve agents, mm-hmm. all that. This thing Drain. is, drain oh of course the drain my bad daniel slap me when you see me um this is so good and sounds so fresh and it's just the lane that i want to win you know like if if i could choose a sound that was the biggest thing in hardcore it would be this right it's like high energy but you don't know where it's going it's not metal it's not drop tuned it's you know positive everything about it i love there's a dude in a repute shirt, like in every photo, like yeah. it's everything I want. And like, yeah, I think it just, it flows too. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah. Just to add to that, like wanting to see them win. Like, I don't know any of these dudes. I've met like the drummer once super briefly, but like, these are kids that you could tell they love hardcore, you know, like you see, if you watch any video of any like Southern California show, like the members of this band are stage diving. They're up front singing along. They're pitting. You know, if you live anywhere on the West Coast, they probably just showed up randomly at shows and have done the same, you know? And like that, like that spirit of just like loving hardcore and being there, being up front, being involved in everything. Like, I don't know. Those are the types of kids that I want to see like succeed, you know? Yeah, 100%. This is like, it is so hard to do a hardcore LP without like singing, like no vocal melody, you know, and somehow they do it. This album doesn't fall off. It bangs all the way through. I think like the last couple songs might be the best songs on the record, but I took mostly notes on the first half. Um, the way it kicks in, I love a great hardcore intro. They did it, you know, and they do like tasteful guitar stuff without going, like untasteful octavy, you know? Well, Zach, the my huge takeaway of this, you know, to to speak to you about this is this is a band that's playing hard music, fast, dabbling in I mean it's straight up hardcore, but there's dabbling in some harder edge stuff and they don't wank solos or anything. It's fucking I love it. 
I love that anytime they do a tiny little bit of guitar stuff, like you just said, it's just a little tasteful like seasoning on top. Yeah, and much like the Drain LP, right? Like they don't shy away from going for the big moshes, but their guitars aren't drop tuned. They're not super heavy. And it makes it really interesting. It's like a fresher take on hardcore. Oh, I love it. So all the moshes are energetic because they're not sludge. Mm -hmm. Well, they they do like, okay, so the first like full song right on the record after the intro, they do do like a, a sludge mosh on the end, but it's like, because it's not super heavy and stuff, it gives it like a different vibe. It's like a, like almost like a groove vibe that you're like mm-hmm. settling into. Like, oh, they're just taking me to another tempo. Like, yeah, is it a mosh part or is it like a? <laughs> it's just like a nice tempo change. Like, I'm with it. I love it. Some might say it's got a bit of a YOLO vibe, dude. <laughs> there's a lot of YOLO on this record, so I'm gonna get into it, dude. So I like that you guys. I like that you guys called that out. Like, it's very mosh heavy. This whole record, like, it's it's all like pit music, but like the vibe of it isn't like destroy the person next to you uh, inflict pain it's like yo i'm gonna jump off the stage i'm gonna bounce around i'm gonna do some like it's it's a very like uplifting upbeat vibe it reminds me of down to nothing in that way where that's a band that was really kind of designed for the mosh and the live experience and like but was more like upbeat and 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 bouncy but not like i don't know not not hat to the side-ish, more just, yeah. It, it, what What's epic about it is that there is so much energy in these moshes, there's so much energy in the verse parts, and the vocals sound like they are completely shredded, ripped apart, could fit over, like, Earth Crisis or something like that, but they sit perfectly over this, which is probably, I would say, maybe, like, the, yeah, the halfway house between, like, a... You know, I'm going to reference some older bands just to say, but like halfway between like a sick of it all and a earth crisis with some chain of strengths fully bringing up the rear, you know? Yeah. I mean, it could sit on top of like the firestorm seven inch or it could sit on top of like the American nightmare LP. Yeah, definitely. The vocals are like that perfect hardcore monotone. It's great. Um, I do want to just talk about like, so the, you have the bounce of like the intro and then they kick to like the they they kick into this riff and hit it with the youth crew toms, which is like you're just like okay, like the energy's changing, you know. And then the switch to the hi hat on like an up tempo mid tempo when the singing comes in is like one of the ultimate hardcore tropes that like almost never fails, and they knock it out of the park, right? Um, the chorus on the the first full song is uh, with like the guitar breaks and so forth is really creative and catchy and awesome. And then when they go into the second full song, which is never yours, that's when they unleash the YOLO Dan and go full scissor. And it's like, you don't know, like the scissor beat is coming and they hit you like out the gate. I absolutely love it. Connects with me. And it's all like the song stands alone as it is. It's a great song, but it's a setup because in the money slot, you know, the fourth track on the record Never yours. I heard this and I was like, okay, Dan is straight back to the Navy. Little Daniel is fucking going up to full salute and knocking his drink off his table. No, different method. (laughs) Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Different method. That's what I mean. Because the one before it is already preparing the amuse-bouche. You know, it's giving you edge vibes (laughs) on the one before it, but then it goes, 
Are you, are you ready for an anthem? Because yeah. we're about to give you one. And we've really thought about this song and this message. And so we are ready to put it down for OC. So we will be remembered alongside a chain or something like that, or UC from this area, because here's our fucking anthem. You know, I, I absolutely loved it. Uh, this song, like, and what did I do? I texted you immediately, like, uh, track four. Are you ready? (laughs) No. And I was like, I was waiting for that text. Like I thought of you as soon as I heard the song, I was like, well, Daniel's going to sport wood. What's up? Yeah. You know, it's so good. And, uh, another like highlight track that comes later on the record is a song better off. And it reminds me so much of rotting out, which is awesome because, I love like new bands being influenced by like modern bands. It's so ill. And like rotting out is one of the great hardcore bands of the last like decade, 15 years, 20 years. And it's ill to be able to see like their influence in other current bands while like they're still around and still like in their prime. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I mean, I always think of, back in the sixties, those bands were covering each other's songs all the time and it being influenced by bands that were a year before them. You know, I think, I think there's something that says like people are switched on to music and appreciation when they do, uh, engage in that, when they do, you know, like, I don't have to look to 1987 for like the best riffs. I was stage diving into this band two years ago, nonstop that's my influence, you know? Yeah. I think that's a great way to put it, you know, like that's awesome. Chris, anything else on this record before we move on? Uh, no, I just, I, you know, I think we've all, you know, said it all. It's, it's a great record and it's got a lot of energy. And I think what it's going to do for this band is really catapult like that live energy that they have and bring a lot more of, of, of a reciprocal, you know, I just, the, I just imagine like the dog piles are going to be insane. Like when they start to play again in, a, you know, another month or so. Um, and I can't hey, wait to see it. If they play the Bay, this, this old time, I might catch the hardcore Holy ghost. Yeah. Up front. Hell yeah. I love it. I love it. And, uh, yeah, this is great. I hope that they're the biggest band of hardcore and maybe Jordan Cooper should give, uh, Adam Lentz a raise for this signing. So what's up with that? All right, let's go on to the Ingrown Gun LP. This came out again like a week or so ago. Mm-hmm. And Chris, you love this band. Yeah, they're, uh, it might have come out actually officially on the same day as the Dare record. Uh, yeah, I love this band. They're, this is the, the music they play is not my favorite style of hardcore. Like, so I have a little bit of a like poser syndrome mentality when I talk about them because I don't listen to a lot of the stuff that they're inspired by, but like this is a band that just does what they do so well that like it transcends a lot of that and, and it's undeniable. Um, I think the first thing I want to say, this is a band from Boise, Idaho. Um, they're, I don't know this for sure because I'm not, you know, hanging out in Boston or Florida or whatever, but, I kind of get the feeling that they're sort of a lesser known juggernaut of the West coast. Um, 
you know, I wonder how many, you know, how big they are, like west of Texas, you know, how many people have heard this band. But like, I, I do feel like they're on the West Coast, at least they're kind of one of those, like, you know, your favorite band's favorite band uh, bands. <laughs> I don't, that was kind of a chunk twister, but like, I don't know, like their shows are so much fun. People go crazy when they play and it's just like, you know, you'll have like, th- their shows are so diverse from perspective of like diversity of type of music that people life losing their minds to this band. So you'll have someone in like, like a mindset shirt singing along next to someone in like a, I don't know, like a sect shirt spin kicking. And then next to them is like someone in a floor punch shirt, two stepping and like, all these different like kind of walks of the hardcore scene are just going crazy, just like losing their minds, reckless abandon, flying off the stage. And it's just such a fun vibe. Um, I think one thing I want to call out. So when they dropped their first single and they dropped the video for this, which we should probably talk about the video cause it's pretty awesome. Uh, but when they dropped this, I, I remember seeing there was, there was a comment on, on, uh, on social that kind of got meme the meme treatment uh, where someone, someone asked like in a comment section, what does this band ingrown sound like? And someone responded to them saying an ass whooping (laughs) and and, like someone screenshot it and it kind of got the meme treatment, but like it was such an appropriate like commentary about what the band sounds like. Cause they, they draw a lot of influence from a ton of stuff from, you know, that should <laughs> that, that should be that screenshot should be the back of a shirt <laughs> yeah or like the sticker that goes on the front of the record yeah um i don't know they draw like influence from like power violence to like mosh metal like there's certainly aspects of of a band like nails but there's aspects of like a fan of a band like gulch would absolutely be into this band um so they they certainly take their cues from from some power violence, but it, it's not power violence. I don't think um, it's just wild. It's just like a hundred percent igno music, um, and Charlie, who is the bass player of the, this band, is like the nicest, one of the nicest humans you'll ever meet. Like sweetest people, and when they play, he just turns into a psychopath and starts like kicking people. And it's, it's so sick. Not like kicking them, but like, you know, like you push someone with your foot. Um. <laughs> that, officer, I only push them with my foot. <laughs> yeah, you know. But yeah, I don't know. This record is awesome. It sounds amazing. Uh, it's totally brutal. I, if you like violent music, like check this band out because it's violent. Yeah, I mean, I think the elephant in the room is we just got to say it sounds like nails, right? Like it, it sounds the closest to that as someone like you, Chris, that I'm not an aficionado of the genre, you know? So it's like, I don't know that many bands that sound like that. I guess nails and I like that rotting sound band. But other than that, I don't know. So when I listen to this with my limited knowledge, I'm like, oh, it sounds a lot like nails, right? Br- brutal music with blast beats, big moshes and short songs, right? Um, what they don't do, the nails does like nails does those like big epic 
longer songs also, which I think makes Nails stand out, but also it makes this LP really palatable to me. Like this record has no songs over a minute 50 and it only has three songs that are over 90 seconds. So it, it flows really well. And also it sounds super good, but it doesn't sound as like brutal distorted or as tech as nails. So maybe it is more palatable to my brain. Also, like I really enjoy listening to this. Also, I think it's a little more aimed like it's straightforward hardcore where I think Todd is like writing songs to be the most like tech and brutal dude. Right. Because like, he's that level of guitarist. Like I'm going to write some shit that no one can hang with where this is like a little more in like the straightforward lane. And I like it a lot. This whole thing bangs. Um, I don't know if the video song is the best song, on the record, or if, if it's the one that stands out to me, just because I watched the video a bunch of times, <laughs> you know, but like, it is a total hit. It's a great song. This album, like it doesn't fall off at all. It's insane the whole way through and like keeps my interest, which is wild because it's so brutal and monotone and fast. And again, where nails might lean a little more into D beat and death metal. This leans more like straightforward hardcore, mm-hmm. I think. And there's and I do. There's definitely some DB like on steroids on this LP, though. No, for sure, for sure. Dan, what do you think about this one? I think I think what I was going to say is because you know I was coming to this for the hearing this band for the first time, um, and they just had a big like coming out West Coast party, you know, playing the Mind Force shows down in SoCal. I think, right? Yep. The chain. Yeah, yeah they played the chain show. Um, and they had, like, I think, real tree camo t-shirts mm-hmm. um, <laughs> as their merch. But what I'd say about this is it, it has you know, that DB thing ramped up to a million, but it also has the mosh metal parts ramped up to a million, you know? There's no break. Um, My favorite song on the LP is the title track, Gun. It has just the most evil-sounding stomp for the the first half of the song before it takes off at, you know, 9,000 miles an hour. That, like, stomp part on that song is just bad things are going to happen in the room that that song is being played. I know that for a fact. I know that I will be backs to the wall when that song is playing. If I'm in the room, (laughs) you know, it's like, Oh God, people are going to die. Um, but I, it, it really, um, it really impressed me for the simple fact, uh, what Zach kind of touched on that, you you don't get bored, even though it is um, a lot of like you know. If you're not really like a massive aficionado of this kind of music, if you don't know every intricacy and every like musical reference that p- potentially is, you know, what has crafted this. If you just think of it as being brutal music, it doesn't let up, and you don't get bored. Like it's good stuff. It's not my ex- absolute favorite stuff 
but I, I, I enjoyed the listen, listen to it like probably five or six times so far, like in the, since, you know, I was turned on to it and, um, I keep going back to the song gun because that stomp is just, it's, it's more murder than Murdario. (laughs) (laughs) I think that that's what makes this record and this band so good though, is it's, music that's like turned up to 11 the whole way through, right? Like we're going to play as fast as we can. And then as hard as we can. Yeah. And the vocals are going to be as brutal as they can too. You know? Right. Right. But, but for some reason it doesn't sound samey like the whole way through, like Mm -hmm. track three does sound different from track seven. Oh, definitely. definitely. It keeps your interest. But I'm saying that they, yeah, that they, are ramped up with whatever they approach, not saying that they're ramped up and sound the same on every single song, that it's just 90 miles an hour. It's not. No, I didn't take that. That's what you're saying. I'm, I'm saying that that's what makes them unique. And I'm not necessarily sure why. Yeah. Right. There's like an intricacy when it comes to writing great songs that makes, you know, like when you listen to youth of the LP, right. It's like, okay, if I broke down these songs, like a lot of them have the same formula. Okay. So why can they do that and put out a bunch of songs that are the same formula on paper, but make them all great and stand out, you know, it's because they're a great band. And this is kind of the same thing, like a band that wasn't playing on this level and didn't have this level of like creativity in their songwriting, they would, I would never want to listen to 10 songs of it in a row. Like it would be terrible. Right. But these guys like pull it off and it's great. Yeah, Definitely. Uh, Chris, anything else you got on this one? I think one one more thing I just want to add. Like I, I mentioned live that they're a powerhouse, but like I think it's worth mentioning. This is a three piece. Um so the guitar player sings as well. Um you know, I think on one of the one of the podcasts a couple months ago I talked a little bit about how Coda Orange has to be like the most impressive, you know, hardcore band live that has a singer that isn't just the vocalist, but I think, um, I think ingrown has to be like next to, you know, just, just next to your below. Like they're super impressive live. Like they're a band that you can watch and not get bored by, which is easy to do when you have, when you don't have a stand up singer. And so like, just shout, shout to them for like that. That's impressive. <laughs> I think. Yeah. The three piece part doesn't help. Uh, dissuade the nails influence either (laughs) yeah for sure (laughs) well this record rules and the dare lp rules as well so everyone get them both or just listen to them on repeat on the streaming you know what to do okay the fight lasts for hours each ram battering the other dozens of times All right, what's up? We are going head-to-head. The Chain of Strength, 7 Inches. So, True Till Death came out 1989, Revelation Records. It's going up against the What Holds Us Apart, 7 Inch. Came out 1990 on Foundation Records. Head-to-head, Dan. Which one are you going to take? Well, before 
I reveal the uh, choice, the choice of a generation. I've got to say, Chain of Strength is perfect hardcore music. <laughs> like to try and pick between these two things is very rough, um, and it it's perfection. Like there was a long time where the Chain Seven Inches were the only things that were out. Obviously, before Rev did the repress which means that they were much harder for lots of people to listen to, especially, you know, if you didn't have the record player set up or anything like that. And so in the very early nineties, while I was like first discovering this kind of stuff, it was, (laughs) it seemed like they had been around ages ago, but literally they probably just had stopped being a band. Um, but the music wasn't, uh, you know, I had a tape with it and it was just the worst recording of it, but I still loved it. And then, you know, I, I eventually got both seven inches and have loved them ever since. And, you know, you sometimes take it for granted how fucking good this band is. And I mean, one of the most perfect hardcore vocals ever the most amazing drumming great rhythm section to be honest like bass and drums but chris bratton's drumming is i mean i i re-listened to both today and just listen you know i was supposed to <laughs> listen to a bunch of other stuff like to get ready for this and i just <laughs> listened to chain like six times in a row <laughs> because it's amazing and it it i love it now down to the two seven inches. I would have to say, I'm going to have to, well, I'm, there's, there's a simple way to put it. And then there's a, there's a, a, a cosine that adds on to my choice. True till death. You get six songs. The other seven inch, you get four. So that's a winner there. And then on top of it, I have true till death tattooed just under my neck. Um, it is, you know, it is one of the ultimate, um, straight edge anthems and slash terminology (laughs) in regards to Ed being edge. Um, and then it also has my very favorite tiny part of any chain song, which is the instrumental, uh, bass break on, uh, never understand where the bass takes off and it that is just if i could only listen to 12 bars of hardcore for the rest of my life that is definitely in the top three discussion i i it's so upbeat it's so fast it's so creative it's so melodic it's so hard it's fucking perfect true till death revelation record star on the back also adds one tiny little other element i love the pictures i love the green of the vinyl i love everything about it true till death wins for me yeah this one's wild dude because like listening to this i've listened to it i listen i've listened to this every month you know these records on the on the re-release right the lp that came out with both seven inches i think i've listened to it every month for the entire time i've been in hardcore this is straight up perfect hardcore it's so energetic and so powerful at the same time 
it is out of this world. Now, listening to these two seven inches versus each other is something that I've never thought about or done, which is why when I was putting this pod together, I was like, ooh, this is actually like pretty interesting because it's two banger records. I'm going to say what I think is better about each of them. What holds us apart, the second seven inch, the songwriting is out of this world, right? Like I think True Till Death, they're a little more raw and that can break either way you want it to break. You know, do you think the hardcore is better when it's raw or when it's like more powerful and thought out? So like a song like Too Deep Until Now is so beautifully crafted with its power and then like the slight little parts of like melody without ever being accused of being melodic, right? Like if you think about like the do 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 that one part has probably influenced a million terrible songs, you know? But and a hundred good ones. That's true. That's true. But that part is so perfect and they didn't need it. You know, it's a hardcore song. It would have been a great song without it. But the fact that like Yeah, the fact that they add in like little stuff like that is like they're truly thinking about these songs. These four songs on the second record are straight up perfect. Like this is as well crafted and as good as hardcore can be. I think for like straightforward, fast hardcore, but good God, man, the true till death seven inch. I can't live in a world without the song true till death. Like straight up. Can't it's one of my go-tos that sometimes I just want to listen to it because they settle in. Oh, I wanted to say on the second seven inch, I think the drumming is actually even better. Yeah. It's great on true till death, but it's like, good God, did he get even better? Like what the fuck? Like it's, it's out of this world, but true till death, the song, sometimes I just want to like put it on and listen to it by itself because they found the perfect up tempo, mid tempo, right? Where it's like, Oh my God. It's just like fist pumping, perfect tempo. And if it was like slightly faster or slightly slower, it wouldn't be good. It's why when people cover the song, it always sounds terrible, right? Like well, you're, you're still singing along because someone's playing true till death, yeah. but it's like, they can't find that tempo, like that magic tempo. Well, also Zach, on that, even if it had been pretty much any other singer in the world singing it, it, there's something about the, you like, the way he carries the syllables with it, every single bit of a syllable is just dripping with, I don't know, the most, it's, it's a little bit shredded, but it's a little bit melodic, but it's also just full of passion and urgency. His vocals, more than almost anyone I've ever heard, uh, sound urgent. Yeah, and it's straight from the gut. Yeah. Like he's seen from like the bottom of his gut. Yeah. It's, it's wild. And also maybe the greatest straight edge song ever written. And what's up, dude? Written by my hardcore spirit animal Frosty, who drank beer. So it makes it even better because I can relate to it, dude. Only when he's thirsty, isn't that what you always say? No, I found the interview <laughs> and it said he actually did drink beer. It was Curtis that only drank beer sometimes when he was thirsty. Ah. Uh. So well, how, let how, me just say that is a that is a letdown. <laughs> yeah, you know what though? Like getting back to kind of just the sound of it. Like best of times, that is a song about friendship that 
you know, if it was done by seven seconds or someone else, it would be so happy sounding, so positive and everything. This is like a melancholic, like you and me at the end of the world, like having the best of times. It There's something about it. It's just so amazing. Yeah. And also covered by death threat and they killed it too. Yep. You know, they did a great job. But my second favorite Chancery song is also on here that there is a difference. Oh my God. That sing along part is like, it's a mosh part tempo change, but it's like the biggest sing along ever. And like the lyrics are very simple, but when you write that brilliant shit, you get away with like the simplicity. It's so good. It's the best. So I got to go true till death as well, man, Chris, you going to break this or is it uh, unanimous? <laughs> so before, before I went back and listened to these or even look at the track listing, I came into this with the, with the realization, with the expectation that I was going to pick one of these based on one song, basically. Um, I'm going to get to that in a second, but like the the thing that that's interesting is okay I come in with that mentality and then I first thing I do is I look at the track listings for both of the 7 inches and I see just how much true till death there is a difference never understand let down best of times then the other record too deep until now the space between hurts to ask through these eyes like that track listing <laughs> is insane it, it it reminds me of when we did this for Age of Quarrel, and it's just like, what? Like every single one of these songs are bangers. Like, how am I supposed to pick a side, right? Um, another thing I want to touch on, Zach touched on like those little technical f- flourishes and and melodies and little things that they do that kind of step up the musician step. They're not necessarily needed, but they take it to the next level. I think a super important thing to that too is they don't overdo it. Like they they do it just enough to take it to the next level. But like, you know, they, instead of doing that a bunch and making it really busy, they still give the vocals room to breathe. They still give the drums room to breathe. And like, that's what makes these, these songs uh, like hardcore classics. I think that that's like one of the best ways to describe the greatness of this band. Chris, is that like everything does have its room to breathe. Mm hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. because think think about too deep, too deep, too deep until now, and then like it. Mm-hmm. There's nothing like that, you know. Um, there's people that try and do it afterwards, but they can't capture that. And it's such a, you know, arguably like probably a not really thought of moment. But when you sink in and you get your teeth into what makes this so different and so, you know upper 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 echelon hardcore is the musicianship without you know showing off it's yeah, just they're not, they're not bashing you over the head with it no it's a band firing on every cylinder ever with passion and you know putting it down for the west coast in a in a scene dominated by the east coast to an extent you know like there's something to prove think about the vocals on hurts to ask they're so you know we we say yolo we say all this shit all the time but they're so different than anything else like 
you know, it's in my eyes. Like the, it's almost like a ramble, but then with the most punctuated, like passionate scream at the end of it, it, it's so good. Well, yeah. And they're doing a crescendo on like a fast ring out part. Yeah. Like how wild is that? That it's like crescendoing up on like a blazing fast ring out. Like what the hell? Also just the second seven inch. It has like, I think the best hardcore drumming ever like that in the burn seven inch, like they're neck and neck for a record. You can almost just like listen to it and tune everything else out and just listen to the drums and be like, Oh my God, this is like mind blowing. And they're both examples of why I think this music is the best in the world, right? It's not songs that are, that's great for a hardcore song. It's like, no, this is great music that can stand up to any music in the history of earth. But uh, Chris, that was a nice segue away from you. Let's take it back to you. <laughs> yeah, I think so. So backing up, the one song here is so champion used to cover too deep until now. It was one of the maybe the song that we covered most of any any we did millions of covers, but that was the one that stuck in the set list um, because it was so much fun to play. It was so much energy live there was you know they did the chain magical thing where there were lots of ring outs and so you have room to hit the note and then just go crazy live and so i loved playing that and you know fast forward <clears throat> i don't know 10 years or so uh chain of strength played Rainfest, and um you know i went into their set kind of thinking like all right, you know, the reunion band's playing, like, cool. I love Chain of Strength. I'll watch them. It'll be good. But I, the way that I think about reunion bands, like, like hardcore to me is always about a time and a place. And so, like, if it's not that time and not that place, like, even it's if it's the same people playing those songs, it's just, it's not quite the same. You know, I, I don't know. Um, so I kind of went into that mentality thinking like, okay, cool. I just saw the bands that are like killing it today. You know, the, I believe like mindset played and angel dust and I did, you know, stage dove went crazy for all those bands. And, um, you know, then it was time for chain of strength to play and undeniably they were great live. Like they were surprisingly good, like surprisingly tight. Um, I enjoyed watching their set, but when they played too deep until now, it was like a tractor beam, like zeroed in on me and grabbed me and just like threw me into it. like, you know, the whole hardcore Holy ghost that uh, Dan likes to talk about. Like it was full effect on that song. And so like that song has a special place into my heart for all these reasons. And, you know, in addition to the things that, that you guys both talked about, about the musicianship and, and, I'm just kind of stepping it up a level. So I'm going to take what holds us apart. Um, but like we said, these are what, this is 10 songs. These are 10 hardcore classics, like, you know, flip a coin basically, but I'm taking what holds us apart. I love it. Yeah. It's so hard to choose on some of this stuff. And so the, the most simple way for me to break it down is like, can I live in a world without this? You know, mm-hmm. and so sometimes it does come down to that single song, like you were talking about, Chris. And, and hardcore too, like to that point, hardcore is such a personal personal thing, and we experience these songs in personal ways. And so that you can't, 
you can't oversell the importance of that personal connection. And so, yeah, that's really what it comes down. I mean, all these songs have a personal connection for me, but for too deep until now, it's just like next, you know, next level. Yeah. I mean, and, and if I was going to lay out to someone, like, what is the blueprint of like a perfect hardcore song? Like, you know, I've talked about like the burn seven inch being like the apex of what I think hardcore is when it's still like steeped in like the roots of what it started as like too deep until now is, is right there as like, this is like as far as you can take it before it like starts, you know, falling off into something, another like lane of creativity. Like this is perfect hardcore evolution. So ill, you know? Yeah. And then let's not forget how sick the through these eyes backup is. (laughs) Oh, I know. Yeah, like that is a thing I love. That's a small hardcore thing that I love is is the fast yelled backup. Yeah, you know, by, which is under, by someone under, else in the band, you know. So right. Cool. Totally underutilized and uh should come back. Although I don't always like when bands do like that call and answer. Like the fast call and answer like that. But the through these eyes is perfect. Yeah, because right. it's, it's like a, a bit of a musical break. I just yeah. Yeah, I'd, let's hurry up and wrap up so I can go listen to Chain. <laughs> Dan, anything <laughs> else before we get out of here on this one? I I just urge everyone to to listen to this without any malice or any, you know, oh, they're fucking sellouts or whatever. Just listen with a fresh, open mind of just listening to Chain of Strength and just hear it for the the absolute beauty that it is. And just remember people that drink beer, write the best strange songs. So what's up? Uh, I would like a fact checker. <laughs> Where are you at bedge? Side a versus side B. All right. We are doing side a versus side B on a great seven inch. that Chris brought to my attention. It is the band chain whip. The 7-inch is titled Two Step to Hell, and this thing is a rager. Chris, thanks for bringing it to my attention. I have shared it with several people since. Uh, how do you feel about it? And then side A or side B, which is better, dude? Yeah, I love it. I, I'm i not sure if it's a 7-inch or a 12-inch EP, um, just because I haven't been able to get my hands on it yet. Uh, I thought it was a 12-inch, but maybe I'm making that up. Either way. It's an EP. It's badass. There's three songs on each side. Um, bit of context. This is a Vancouver, BC band. Um, three of the songs, I believe, are demo, like re-records from the demo. Um, and then there's one Subhumans cover, uh, but the Vancouver, BC Subhumans. So kind of a cool local homage. Um Change's second to last show that we played before COVID hit was was with them actually, and they were sick. And you know, the last thing that they put out was was really cool, and I dug it. But I feel like this, the recording on this, is just like next level. Like it just sounds so much more like aggressive and raw in in your face. I think <clears throat> you know, if I was to describe someone to someone what this sounds like. Like imagine if you took Dead Kennedys and you st- 
stripped it of all of like the weirdness and kind of silliness and and sassiness and just like leaned into the the aggressiveness um even the vocals like the attack kind of sounds like some of the more raw and aggressive uh dead kennedy songs like the jello vocals so like it just kind of sounds like someone got jello in a room and just has been poking him with a sharp stick so he's He's just angry and pissed and poked out all the silliness and sassiness out of him and kept all the, you know, Nazi punk, Nazi punks fuck off, um, in him, but like on steroids. Um, yeah, this record's a rager. I start to finish, like every song is strong and the, the subhumans cover is super cool too. I'm going to take side A, uh, just because probably like those first few songs just hit me harder, probably just because I've heard them more. Um, and as I listen to this more, maybe the back half, uh, will become more familiar and maybe, uh, my opinion might change on this, but I love Laguna bleach, which is the opening track. Like, I think this is a demo track, but it's just, it sounds so sick. And the vocals are just so like, so pissed and in your face. Like he's, he he has like a violent vocal style where he's just like spitting out the lyrics and i don't know it just works so well for this this style of hardcore cuz if you if you had a different singer um like i could see this easily you know you could get like more of a of a negative approach kind of like skinhead style singer and it would sound maybe like a lot of the stuff that's coming out of the uk right now or maybe a little bit more rock and Rolly singer and it maybe it sounds a little bit more like chubby in the gang but like i i feel like the vocal attack on this really is what makes it like just fast and piss off and, and aggressive i love it i'm gonna take side a yeah and we should probably just say first half because who knows you're right chris it's a 12 inch and i can't get the side breakdown anywhere but uh because Dude, to do a 12-inch and break this onto sides is crazy. I actually have the breakdown. Hold on. Let me pull it up. Because I texted uh, their drummer, Patrick. um, I texted him because I looked on Discogs and it didn't have a side breakdown. So he he sent me the breakdown. He sent me like a a screenshot or a a picture of it. Well, you said three and three. Yep. One, one, two, three, and one, two, three, it looks like. Yeah, that's wild. Dude, put it on one side because this thing kicks ass, and I don't want to flip it. The fuck that uh that Laguna Bleach song, the first song, is like literally a perfect punk riff. You know, with like that up tempo, mid tempo. You know, it's like right in the zone, and the chorus it it sounds a lot like Last Rites. That's what this band mm-hmm. the most of. Um, this song, and then also the first song on side B, they which is Blank Image. They both sound a lot like last rites worship, which you can do no wrong. That is ill as hell. So this first song just rages the second and third songs. I swear. This is like the fastest you can play while still being what I could, what I would consider mid tempo. It reminds me a lot of like that band from Cleveland called the guns. Like they had those two songs mm. on a, on a compilation. And one of them was like an up tempo, mid tempo. It reminds me of that. Like, okay, this is like literally as fast as you can downstroke or play double time on a hi-hat. So wild. And also, one of the things that I like about this so much is it reminds me of like when I fell in love with Life's Halt. 
I fell in love with them because like I'd listen to them and then I would listen to like the other like kind of fast core bands. I'm like, why do I like this and not this as much? You know, and when I broke down like the life's halt, it was like, dude, they're like riffs are kind of just it's like they could be insane, you know, it's just it's played on 45 instead of 33, you know, and so like they're using like these more basic riffs that I really like. It's just super sped up. You know, they're not like being fast to be fast. And this is kind of the same way. It's like almost like you're listening to a a mid-tempo punk record, but it's like they clipped it up to like maybe not all the way to 45, but it's like, oh shit, they're on 39. What the fuck? That is <laughs> wild. And I love it. Again, it's just so palatable. The six songs, they all bang. There's no fall off. Side B, that song Blank Image, again, like total last right seat, but there's like a super tasteful lead at the end, like just a little bit, and it rules. If anything, I want to see a little bit more of this just because I think it's something they could tap into and, you know, do a longer record with like exploring that. Um, up in smoke again, just like the way this is the one where, when they're doing the double time, like the hi hat, it cuts through in such a gnarly way that you're like, dude, this drummer is not playing. Like, is a wild man, you know? And uh, Subhumans cover, I can take it or leave it. Like, it's cool to give some shine to a band like from their area, you know? But they've been re released on alternative tentacles. Like, the people that know, know. Uh, Subhumans, one of my favorite bands, those first few seven inches. And well, I actually like both LPs a lot too. Um, they do a good job with this song. It's just kind of unnecessary. I don't need to listen to it. So I don't know. I think that the song Blank Image is my favorite. So I'm going side B anyway. What's up? Dan, what's your take? Well, this is a band that is hardcore punk, you know. The punk is firmly in the output. It sounds like a 77 band revved up to the max with a ton of aggression, a ton of, uh, a ton of spirit, you know, no posing. Do you it's, think, do you think this is 1.5? <laughs> um, <laughs> 1. 1.5 point. Maybe like 1. 0. 1. It's like 1.8. Yeah, yeah one point eight. Yeah, um, it's it, the last rites uh, is a really nice nod, also. But I feel there's just as much like seventy seven London revved up to the max. Also, you know, yeah, like you say, from thirty three to forty five, like just really, really like sped up and but it still has that kind of like an element of what could be described as street punk riffs, but not played at street punk speed, <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, my favorite song is blank image. Um, I really love the subhumans cover too. Cause I, I think this is a band that can take that song and make it sound like them, but also honor how great that song is. Um, two steps to hell, uh, two step to hell is really good as well. I like, I like fresh paint and philanthropy as well. And up in smoke, you know, shout out Cheech, shout out Chong. 
I'm going side B. Blank Image wins it for me. I think that's the best song on the record, although all six songs are very good, and I'm you know psyched that we're discussing this because it is uh, great, and the artwork is really cool. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, it's very simple, but very, very cool. They actually did... They just did a so for the previous record they they made some uh, limited covers for them that they you have to go to their uh, their Instagram to check it out because they're really cool like they made covers out of grip tape and then they they used stencils to spray paint that chain snake logo thing on top of the grip tape but they used three different stencils so there's there's two colors of spray paint it, like they're a lot went into them and they turned out really cool so now zach has to go and find all three grip tape different spray paints to add to his seven inch no it's, he swore off seven inches it's lp dude it's an lp oh, okay. and it, it's one it's one cover with three different screens used yeah. ah the olympics so. dude i'm embracing this band and their love of the lp format i and they, have, uh, this is another band too that just played their first show out of COVID um, the other day. Was anyone yeah. whipped with a chain? No, but there was, I don't really know the story, but there was some weird scenario where some, someone tried to fight the singer for a second and he got like pulled out of the club to everyone chanting, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I Sorry, love it wasn't that. a club. It was like a park. You uh, suck. You suck. <laughs> this band rips so hard. I, I just, with with everything now, I just hope that bands don't break up. It's a you know? sick name, too. Everything about it is sick. That logo's sick. These all six songs are perfect. Like, it's great. I, I'm rooting for them. I hope they stick together for a long time. Because uh, I want to hear 10 plus songs that sound like this. Like, so ill, dude. And I knew nothing about him before this, so sorry to come off like a total ignoramus, but uh, I'm going to check him out. I'm all in on the chain whip party. So uh, that's what's up. Dan, you got anything else on this before we get out of here? Just suck it, Chris. Side B wins. <laughs> These nuts. <laughs> Chris, you got anything to end on? Uh, no. <laughs> It's hard. It's hard to I follow don't. up. On a, it's hard to follow up on a D's dust. That's like the final thing, you know. No, nah, that's that's, that's the mic drop. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, let's just have an awkward conversation for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right, everyone. Thanks for listening. This stuff is all great. Get that Dare LP. Get that Ingrown LP. Check out Chain Whip, and I know you already love Chain of Strength, but revisit it and bask in the greatness. Yeah, and you know what, listener. Love hardcore. Yeah, hardcore rules.